The World Cup on off the ball, covering the good, the bad, and well, the ugly of what's happening in Qatar. Neymar can push the ball between your legs because he just sees things. Subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast feed now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Now, I'm delighted to say we're going back to uh, Qatar. Rasmus Tantolt is a journalist from Denmark who went pretty viral at the start of the World Cup when the Qatari authorities interrupted a live report. Uh, Rasmus, first off, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good. It's hot, but of course we're all devastated in Denmark after what happened uh, yesterday. So, well, I feel I feel okay, but, um, well, I'm very disappointed. Um it wasn't really just yesterday that this happened, though. It's kind of been a slow, steady letting out of the air and the Danish tyres. What happened? I mean, in Denmark and many other places, we talked about should we boycott the World Cup? Should we not watch it at all on the television back home in Denmark? Should the Danish Football Association boycott it? Should the players boycott it and not attend the World Cup? Some people will say... They did. They did not attend this World Cup. They boycotted the World Cup in Qatar by the way they played. I mean, uh, I watched all the, the matches in the stadium and they just wasn't there. It's like they didn't understand. This is a World Cup. It's now. It's now you have to perform. And we played against teams that we believe we are supposed to beat easily like uh, Tunisia and Australia. But they played their hearts out. They played like Denmark should have done. So people are extremely disappointed. And also... You know, with the whole fairy tale story about Denmark, Christian Eriksen literally dying on the pits in the Euro Cup, and the fairy tale that happened afterwards, like him coming back after eight months, uh, motivating the whole team, now playing in the big stage again in the World Cup, and there was so much expectations for this Danish team, and they just was a fiasco. It was a fiasco, to be honest with you. It's funny, Rasmus, because the, the Danish coach, Kasper Hillman, that he's, he's talked after the match a, a, about being too emotional, that the Danish players were too emotional almost to, to focus. Like, what, what does he mean by that? Because it's an, it's an experienced team. You'd imagine they'd be able to, to set emotions to one side. It's professional players playing in big clubs, so they yeah should be able to do that. But, of course, there's been a lot of debate up to this World Cup, like everywhere else in, in Europe. I mean, uh, should the Danish player wear the uh, rainbow-colored One Love armband, or shouldn't they, even though FIFA say they were not allowed to? They have done it anyway. Uh, the support from the Danish people haven't been the same. Uh, this is a World Cup in Qatar. Some people believe it shouldn't be here at all. Uh, and uh, they wanted to see the Danish team not just talk about human rights and how this team, you know, also um, having some values that they really stand up for. But when it comes to it and they are here, they didn't do it. So, I mean, I think the players, they could, you know, lying in their beds in their room in Qatar, they could watch the headlines in Denmark, not being very nice to the Danish national team as they used to be in the Euro Cup. They could do nothing wrong. Everything was magic, whatever they did. And the headlines everywhere was, you know, very positive. The Danish people were very positive out in the streets, celebrating all the time. But this time they didn't have the same support and maybe it affected them. I don't know, but there must be some kind of explanation uh, to that performance. The thing is that this team obviously is the same team, effectively, or largely the same team that went out on penalties to Croatia four years ago. We know that team very well. Christian Eriksen came to Dublin, scored an amazing hat-trick, ripped us apart in about half an hour of some of the best football that we've seen at our national stadium maybe since it's been redeveloped. 
um, which is like 20 years at this point. So, you know, we, we, we all thought you guys were, Shane thought you were dark horses to win the whole thing. Uh, I don't know. And, and that's why it's so difficult to understand why they can't actually put a performance together when all of the, even the age profile, maybe certain players are a little bit too old, but it doesn't make any sense. Is the manager capable of explaining anything? Is the, is the post-mortem focusing on bad management, mismanagement of resources? Is it just a collective sigh of the shoulders, shrug of the shoulders and a sigh and say, okay, that's football, sometimes it doesn't happen. I mean, now they're talking about did he select the right players? Because actually many of the players when they played against Ireland or when they played the Euro Cup, they were actually also in the start 11 in the clubs that they are uh, playing on a daily basis. But many of the players, they're not in the start 11 anymore. Um, You have uh, some of the really, really you know, very valued player at the Danish team who hasn't been performing in the last couple of, well, say, six months or so. And some people would say that um, the Danish coach, Julman, he should also have looked at who is actually playing in the start 11 in big European clubs and not just stick to the same old team as he has done for the last couple of years, even though they used to have some success. And it was also a matter of, you know, the spirit on the team, those players, they created something together. Sometimes you have to, you know, use people who are actually performing performing right now uh, up to the World Cup. And many of these players, they didn't perform very well up to this uh, World Cup. So that has been some of the criticism and also some criticism that, you know, you're talking about values, you're talking about that football is... Is um, it's it's a it's it's bigger than just football, yeah. you know, Christian Eriks and what happened to him and all these things. And then when they came, they couldn't stand up for those uh, values. And the criticism might have some influence, but this is professional football players. You know, they are you know supposed to uh, uh, perform in an environment where you sometimes get criticised. So people are stunned. I mean, people they don't understand what actually happened to this team. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Hey, Rasmus, you're, you're a veteran of covering multiple World Cups, but I know that your day job is actually international coverage. So as a, as a journalist who's not a day-to-day football um, journalist, what's your instinct about the impact that this World Cup is going to have? What, what was the point in Qatar trying to host this World Cup, in your view, having experienced it on the ground now? Well, I think that the Qataris, they really hope that they would get a lot of positive reviews that people from Ireland, Denmark and everywhere in the world, they would say, wow, let's go and have a holiday in Qatar. Let's invest in Qatar. But I think it's ended up as a kind of a boomerang uh, for uh, the Qatari government because, you know, what we have seen here is that um, it can be difficult to report. If you're a sports reporter, it might be possible uh, to do it easily. You go from one stadium to the other and report about the, the, the sport. But I also covers, you know, the good sides and the bad sides about the society. I did that also in Russia, in Brazil, in South Africa, in Germany, in South Korea, Japan. Uh, so that's what we do as journalists. We portray the host country. But that has been pretty difficult, uh, as you might know, because I ran into some difficulties with the authorities. And uh, I mean, it, it is not us revealing the Qatari government and the Qatari regime. It was them re- revealing themselves. And uh, I mean, my experience is traveling around the world that, you know, uh, the more dirty laundry you have in the basement, you don't want to show to the public, the more difficult it is to work as a journalist. Yeah. Let's just roll that video because I think um, people might be familiar, very familiar with what you're talking about this stage. Det er udsat for en helt del kritik. Hvordan oplever du forholdene lige nu? 
Jamen, vi kan jo vise, hvordan forholdene er lige her, hvis vi drejer kameraet. We are live on Danish Television, og der kan I se, nu bliver vi, nu bliver vi stoppet med at filme, og det er forholdene her. Mister, you invited the whole world to the... You, you invited the whole world to come here. Why can't we film? It's a public place. This is the uh, accreditation. Okay. We can film anywhere we want. Okay. There are only, of course... for the Qatar. Qatar, No, 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 we don't need permit. No, no, but, 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 no, but listen, but listen, but listen. But you can break the camera. You want to break the camera? Okay, you break the camera. Okay. So you're threatening us by, 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 by smashing the camera. What, what happened next? Well, the next thing that happened was that uh, we were asked to, to stay there for a while because they want, wanted to check, well, did we actually have the right permissions? As I told them, we had. And after 30 minutes, uh, their supervisor arrived. He looked at our permissions. He said, sorry, guys, you have the right permissions. And I mean, when I reflect on all this, I think they just did what they have been told to do for the last many years. If they see journalists uh, working in Qatar, They have to check if um, they actually have the right permissions. And often it is very difficult to get those permissions because they don't want to show the dirty laundry they have in their basement and, and, and they don't want that to be published everywhere. And I guess that is why they just didn't was informed that during the World Cup, guys, you have to behave a little bit because now media are coming from all over the world. You cannot arrest people for, for filming in the street or, or, or threatening them by smashing the camera. I mean, uh, imagine if they did that to many journalists down here. I, I'm not the only one who uh, was stopped uh, in filming here. Uh, so, I mean, that has been some kind of a challenge for the Qatari government to accept that, well, you invited us, yeah, and we're going to portray your country. We're going to go around taking pictures, talking to happy people and to sad people and talk about your society. Were you surprised by that treatment, Rasmus, or were you half expecting it before you went over? I mean, I know the police did, essentially. Like, Were you expecting what happened? I mean... I've been traveling in many countries where I have been stopped from uh, filming, but I was a little surprised that during a World Cup that they prepared for 12 years, that they wasn't prepared for us doing a live broadcast from a roundabout. I mean, I was not uh, sneaking into a, a migrant labor camp uh, showing some how some of the migrants they are uh, living in very bad conditions. That wasn't actually what I did there. I was just doing a live broadcasting. And... Uh, you know, I was pretty surprised that they were not more prepared for the whole world, whole world to come and, you know, uh, portray the country. I, I want to roll another video here. This is, um, you, you filmed uh, fans at the Iranian match as well. I'm just going to roll this tape here and we can talk about it afterwards. Yes. These journalists, what did they do? They, they attacked us. They attacked us. They attacked us. They attacked us. For nothing. Not we need security. Here. We don't have security here. here. Look at me. We need... No, 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 no. Just don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. I will not, I will stay I'm here. not trusting anybody here. No, no, no. We need, we need secure exit from here. Now, how? Find phone, please. So tell us what happened. No, no, no. They just started attacking us. Is it because of the T-shirt? Yeah, because of the T-shirt. All right. No, no, but please don't go from here. Because I don't trust nobody. Even the police is with them. I, we need to get out of here. No, 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 no. Not at all, not at all, not at all. Please, I beg you. My friend, my friend. We just want to go home. We just daughter, want to go home. Call me at no, we just want to go home. So... 
afraid of our radio listeners. These are Iranian fans and they're wearing T-shirts that says Woman, Life, Freedom on it. What, what happened there? Well, it was after, after the match between USA and uh, Iran. And uh, actually, I was there to cover, you know, the fact that USA are playing against Iran with the historical, um, you know, um, disagreements they had. Uh, and, you know, uh, that could be interesting. But it turned out that the focus was, was totally different because after the match, uh, one um, group of Iranians representing the uh, Iranian regime, they attacked some people, as you saw, uh, representing the protests against the regime that are happening right now in uh, Iran. And um, they didn't feel that the Qatari police, they were protecting them at all. And, you know, uh, the Qatari regime has been accused many times of uh, cooperating very closely to the Iranian regime, rejecting Iranian journalists coming from exile to cover the World Cup to come here. Uh, and uh, also, you know, letting in a lot of people from the uh, intelligence service in Iran to keep an eye on all these people wearing T-shirts protesting against the Iranian regime. Because for them, this is a possibility, a stage to t talk about these things that are happening in Iran, because I cannot go to Iran to cover that because I cannot get a media visa. It's impossible for uh, international journalists to, to go to Iran at the moment. So this whole stage, the World Cup, is also a possibility for them to express their feelings about what's going on in Iran. And what happened was that they were attacked. And not even just this guy you saw here, but also a family with, uh, with two uh, crying kids that uh, came up to us. So it was... Uh, I mean, uh, I was, to be honest with you, uh, pretty shocked about what uh, what happened because, uh, you know, this is a World Cup. This this is supposed to be a celebration. Uh, all countries coming together, uh, having a party and to talk about our, our common passion, which is uh, football that brings us all together. But definitely it didn't bring the Iranian people together. Were you asked to get rid of that footage, Rasmus? Definitely. The, the police, they didn't want us to film that as well. Um, because they don't want this picture of Qatar having haven't got control of things like this. So they uh, asked me to uh, delete the pictures, and I refused, of course, because I'm at a stadium. If I cannot film at a stadium during a World Cup, I don't know where I can film them. And uh, they detained me for uh, 15 minutes. Uh, they wouldn't let me go. I asked them plenty of times, please let me go. I don't want to be detained by you. Uh, and um, But but they, 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 they did that, and uh, they tried to forced me to uh, delete the pictures, trying to take my phone, but I uh, rejected it. And uh, that is why you could actually roll that uh, clip, uh, as you just did, because I, 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 of course, wouldn't do that. And in the end, they let me go, I guess, because this is the World Cup. If, if this was one year ago, they wouldn't have done that. I would might be in, in jail right now. I don't know. But because of the World Cup and because they don't want all this bad publicity, I guess they let me go and I can now stand here and talk to you. Um, is your tournament over now that uh, Denmark are out or will you stay around until the final and keep reporting? After this interview, you have to call my editor back home because actually I don't know. I mean, I'm actually uh, enjoying this World Cup. Uh, I know that it has been criticized a lot, but when you are here and you see that you have a World Cup in a small country where you can go down the street and meet fans from 32 different nations. That is actually amazing. I mean, you couldn't do that in Russia where you had to travel 6,000 kilometers to watch a match sometimes and you only meet fans from the uh, opponent's the team that you are playing. Uh, here you can meet everyone. And uh, that is one of the positive things. There are a lot of uh, things to talk about that could be better in Qatar. I know about that. 
But one thing that is positive is that you can um, be so many people together about football in a small uh, place. So I'm going to miss that. Uh, but uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to go uh, back home. But thanks to the Danish team, it will be earlier than expected. Rasmus, it's been brilliant talking to you. Thanks so much and keep up the good work. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.